0: get started we would like to say that there is a trigger warning that comes along with hanging out with the stigma biddies. there will be topics of conversation around mental health and chronic illness and there will be topics of conversation that may be hard to be a part of
1: welcome back all right let's address the elephant in the room i have been a sicky sicko and had some personal things going on so sorry about the two-week hiatus i swear we are going to be consistent promise but uh, this week we are gonna talk about medical herb marijuana. I was trying to think of all the funny names. Like, how many names can we think of to call it?
0: Oh, my favorite and always favorite will be devil's lettuce. The devil's
2: lettuce.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know, like exactly like what areas of the conversation you wanted to touch on, Jeannie. But for me personally, like. I like I I used it like recreationally a little bit prior to being like an adult, so like you know high school whatever a little bit here and there, but then like once I started using it
0: medicinally, it was totally different. Very much, uh, kind of the same. I was about to say very much so, but yeah. kind of the same. I was too scared when I was in high school and all because of that church upbringing and the devil's lettuce I didn't want to burn (laughs) the underground so I was way too scared and the first time that I ever saw smelt knew what it even looked like I was like 22 years old and my anxiety had gotten so bad by that point that it was a doctor that actually recommended it to me for the first time like low back Mississippi super not legal back in the day (laughs) like hey (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at this point in life, and I need you to try he, this. It takes like, the edge off. <laughs> yeah, he was like, It really takes the edge off. And I'm like, I thought doctors
2: were going to go to heaven. Like, <laughs>
0: So, no, I was way too scared for the recreational part um, until I was introduced to it medically. And I was introduced to it medically, and then I realized the recreational side of it dabbled in that. And when I dabbled in the recreational side of it, at that point, my mental health was so low that that was more of a numbing agent for me. Yes, yes. By no means, is this a recommendation to use it as a numbing agent? That is not the stigma bitty recommendation. No, no, no. Nope. That, was, that was Aunt Bean's personal experience. And it was not a fun, very dark time. Do not do it. Once I got out of that phase of life and realized, huh, oh, my non-addiction gene is an addiction gene. And when I realized that I had switched into that phase of life, went back to the medical use of it and when I went back to the medical use of it it completely changed my life
2: mm-hmm.
1: well did you kind of do the same thing with alcohol though like the
2: so, numbing. alcohol was very much a numbing
0: yeah, yeah from yeah. from the first bottle I ever and when I say bottle it was a first bottle that I ever consumed It was for numbing purposes. And I would just, it wasn't for the taste. It wasn't for the enjoyment. It was very much that I would just drink so fast. I would down two or three bottles until it hit me all at once. And I just black out. Mm -hmm. I was a borderline raging alcoholic. And when I finally realized that was I had an adult step in in my life and say, the problems that you're trying to bury are resurfacing when you're not here
2: yeah
1: how do you feel that that's different with weed because for me like it's it's very different now because I have been a long-term user like and I'll we can talk about that a little bit later but like for me in the very beginning it would be an introspective time so like that would actually be a time where I would then like work on myself and I was never really a social smoker it was like I would only do it with like one friend that i felt comfortable with or alone so like instead of being cuz i also was an alcoholic and <clears throat> you know you know self medicating like most yeah. undiagnosed neurodivergent people are self medicating with some sort of substance i feel confident saying that if you don't if that's not you then that's fine but a lot of people are and even even once you're medicated you still are because it's like these are just like a lot there's so many symptoms there's so many different ways to handle symptoms but like exactly the same thing would happen with me Is like I would just black out and then like I would become an emotional mess and people wouldn't want to you know be like I'd be like exposing my childhood trauma at the bar (laughs) you know very much that so for me like even though some people will have that mindset that like either way you're band-aiding or you're numbing or whatever like I found weeds to be a much more spiritual a much more productive type
0: I agree with that a hundred percent um because while I was originally introduced for the anxiety side of it I found through that process and within the last couple of years that it helps my back and my hips so much, alleviates so much pain for me. And that's where the productivity comes into play is the fact that now I'm not core focused on my pain and what I can't do. I am focused on the, wow, I feel great enough that I can finally do these things that I need to do. And I'll just immediately, I'll get into, it's not a manic phase, but it is definitely a clean, we're going to productive phase because there is a difference between manic and productivity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> manic, like I'm just moving shit around in my apartment just to move it around. <laughs> like there's no purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to go back there. Uh, Yeah. I think, I think too, like, It's very interesting that that was your introduction, because I feel like, for me, maybe it was the break between, because, like, I didn't do it for so long in between when I was recreationally doing it and when it was reintroduced, but, like, I wonder for people who are, like, recreationally, because, obviously, like, I, I don't know if this is controversial, but, recreational use is kind of in my mind more like abusing it so in that like i wonder like is someone actually capable of medicinally using or like i'm just curious about the the pathways in for people
0: see that's where i don't feel like it's a controversial topic i feel like that's where wording comes into play right like what is your definition of those words right what what because for me it might it doesn't but it might mean something different right like and you just simply saying that it comes off as controversial but for clarification (laughs) we're not trying to be very sorry if it came across that way to put this in layman's terms for what al just said where is that fine line Mm-hmm. Between the recreational and between responsibly using. And I feel like f- just when you said it off the top of the head for me, that depends on where that person is. Because I've been, through, I've been through many of those phases with it, right? And for clarification, I was introduced medically, but I didn't partake when I was introduced. It was given to me. I had no idea what to do with it. And I went to my friend that I knew that had smoked for years. And we sat down and she walked me through all of it, properly taught me how to roll and gave me a whole little beginner's course, right? And that was the first time that I smoked was on her couch and we played Mario Kart and it was the best night in my life. <laughs> but for those three hours, that was the most calm that my body had felt.
2: Mm-hmm. That was
0: the most at ease that my mind had felt at ever. And it was the fact that I was able, and at that point, I didn't know I was autistic. I had no idea that I was ADHD, but to just be
2: able to sit still and feel like a normal person for three hours was a life-changing moment for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it literally, it. It just takes care of so many different things. Like it's pain, obviously, like anyone dealing with chronic pain, like that's definitely something that helps with like, it helps with my appetite, which helps with my eating disorder. And, you know, it helps with my sleep, which helps with my insomnia. And furthermore, like that doesn't perpetuate because I have bipolar. So like my sleep's really important. like if I get off of my sleep schedule for whatever reason, you know, that could really mess me up. So, it's like, it just covers so many different bases that I would have to take multiple different medications, pharmace- pharmaceutical medications, to achieve that same goal.
0: And see, at this point in my life, some of those symptoms you just listed, like chronic nausea, had no idea that was a
2: thing. Chronic nausea is the thing, if you didn't know that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I,
1: I heard that, um, and I haven't done any research into it, but I heard that nausea can be a symptom of fight or flight.
0: So that is, where, that is where the um, words are hard, not the recommendation. When a doctor tells you what's wrong, diagnosis. Mm. <laughs> when the diagnosis came, it was because of the start of that. It was like, you don't all your tests are coming back clean you don't have any ulcers you don't have yada yada yada, right like what's going on in your head yep and when i finally got asked and it was the core of that it was like Mm -hmm. you have ptsd you have this and this is why these symptoms are happening but if that's how i got the diagnosis for that how can you tell me that mental health is not an issue
1: right I just had this conversation with my caseworker. I was explaining a little bit of my past history with uh, when I didn't have a good team. I have an exceptional medical team right now, but at a past time when I didn't and they were just, she was like, this is just psychosomatic. And my caseworker went on like, what do they think psychosomatic means? It is a physical symptom due to the fact of my brain causing it. Like, what do you think this means? And it's so true. It's like, yeah, that's going to affect your life, like whether it's in a behavioral way or like a lot of us, a physical way, you know, it's still going to affect your life.
0: I will tell you what, though, just to kind of tie us back over with the funny. Every time I, I roll up and sit down, if I'm hurting real bad or something, I go outside I think about the time that with my no contact parent, I was moving out one of the last times I was gone, right? I had been moved. It was right before I moved to Florida. I get a text message from somebody in town saying that I was just the biggest pothead they had ever known, <laughs> like all this stuff, right? And I'm like, what? Because no, i never, I hadn't smoked around anybody there. There's no way anybody could know what? who guys from the church were helping my parent move out, and they found my parent's big stash box. Mm-hmm. And my parent's cover was. That was yours. Genie is a
2: part. I was like, you really <laughs> think I would have left that if I knew that was there? No. Really. The first you thing found in the car. <laughs> first
0: of all if I would have known you like that see we could maybe we could have got along better all these
2: years Three outs, that would have came with me boo mm-hmm. yeah sorry that came. so now every
0: time I smoke all I can think about is that and when that happened in which in turn makes me think about to tie us over how many people that hide how they take care of themselves for whatever reason right that situation with that parent it was for appearances and i'm perfect this and i would never okay okay but for the people who are you know doing right they have their medical or even if you don't cuz that's just expensive 550
1: dollars that's how much i paid for Vermont
2: 550 dollars What the fuck are they charging
1: all up there? That's how much it cost me, man. Cause I had to set, so I didn't mean to cut you off, sorry. I just like, <laughs> that's, I, I, that was so much cause I had to establish care. Cause I had my license in Maine and I literally in Maine, I went to a gas station where they sold weed, got in the back of an old a ambulance, shook hands with Dr. Joe, got my license that day, went inside and bought weed and went home. But in Vermont, I had to go into a doctor's office and see this doctor for, like, four months and then got my license and had to pay. So it was $550 just just for those appointments and the license.
0: There is a link in my bio uh, for Louisiana residents, for anybody that needs help looking into a medical license. But if you go to Leafly.com and put in your state... To see if Leafly covers your state. It cost me $200. To get to my medical license. And all it took. Was a 30 minute phone call. Of I had to give my prescription names. And I had to provide. Like you do have to provide some information. um, They're not just going to give it to you. You got to provide some information. Um,
2: 30 minutes. And that same day I went and picked up. Yeah. I just don't. I don't understand, but what I also don't, let me ask you this. What is, have you noticed a difference in medical versus street? So in a sense that, you know
1: what you're getting, where you can go and you can look at the TERP profiles and you can, you can look at the THC percentage and you can pick what you want. That's not what you're going to get on the street. We have, so I'm in, in Vermont, we have rec now. So the rec, so now I have the experience of both going to a medical and a rec dispensary. They're essentially the same thing, except rec is more expensive. But like, if you're going to a park per se, and you happen to find a stranger there and purchase from them, you have no idea what you're getting.
2: So if for the other flip side of that, if you have medical, it's great. It's good. At least
0: here, the medical quality, like you said, you can go in, you can see everything, you know what you're getting. Fantastic. Right. Mm -hmm. But the amount versus the price and I get it. You got people to pay. You got stuff to do.
2: Yep. If order costs $300 what a quarter oh yes ma'am i thought 90 bucks was bad no ma'am no ma'am if you want one blunt it's going to be 60 bucks wow
0: Mm -hmm. and that's not recreational recreational is not legal here it is all medical. yeah so i ain't telling you to break the law but all i'm saying is you
2: get you to (laughs) trust body
1: Exactly. Yep. That's so crazy. And like, so for you, do you, I know you vape, right? Mm-hmm. And you do flower. Have you ever mm-hmm. done like dabs or any of that other stuff? Do you do edibles or anything so, like that?
0: Man. And I don't know if it's such a great question. I don't know if it's because When you say I have a high tolerance, the biggest white dude next to you is (laughs)
2: going (sighs) to
0: you should smoke with me. Brett, get the fuck out of my face. All right. Because you don't know how long I've been smoking. You don't know why. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that that little king size cone that you're going to pull out and pack that you don't even know how to pack. (laughs) You threw it. So go ahead and please give me, give me yours. Mm-hmm. Let me smell you. Because edibles don't touch me. I have bought the straw. I bought a strawberry nerd rope that was 500 milligrams and I ate a
2: four quarters of it. Four quarters? That's the whole thing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I almost ate the whole thing. I ate three
0: quarters of it. I am not. Um girl, I was walking around just functional like this. Just yeah. it never, never touched me. Babes. they will help. I really enjoy the body high that I get off of it, where it's not just the high, but they go too quick because I have to hit them so often for it to actually work.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I prefer because it just gives me a consistent every time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: dabs I have tried once but I do not think that I hit it right because it did absolutely nothing for me
1: yeah it, and I think I think you're right that you didn't because I've I've done dabs once before too and uh, mostly because I'm not trusted with hot things I I'm like there's no way I'd be allowed to have a dab rig like Sam would never let me have a blowtorch uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh my friend's do and they they did it for me one time and it was like it was so weird because it was kind of like a pet because you you know how pen it's different like it just tastes different feels different it's kind of like that but but more and lasted a while so it's like okay not something I do like regularly um now do you glass or paper you do a mix of both
0: Um, so I used to very much be a, if it rolls, it smokes kind of person, but I have found I'm going to have to find her name so you can, we can tag her when we do these videos because she is the woman to follow for lung care. And she pre, Mm. she doesn't preach, but she talks about, um, you know, the different types of papers and glass and how it affects your lungs, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. She made me switch to hemp cones. So, now I use all hemp-derived, tobacco-free, like, all the nasty stuff. Um, I use those cones. I prefer a flavored cone. And if not, I'm just going to use either a silicone or a glass pipe. Mm,
1: yeah, you sh- oh, that silicone pipe was so cool. i never seen one.
0: Love it, because I kept dropping my glass ones. Uh-huh. And, yeah, so I had to go get a silicone child version. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, see, for me, it's so weird because things have changed so much and I don't know if it's like how much I have smoked for how consistently, because I I was always just a nighttime smoker and then like I, mm, 2020 happened, Uh, life got crazy. And uh, I remember at one point before Sam and I had our own therapist, I went to his therapist with him and she was like, how much are you smoking right now? And I was like, like, like once or like one or two joints a day, um, and she's like, "Yeah, you could probably be smoking more." So, <laughs> so that you know, then I really just it kind of became like I was smoking in the morning, and I was smoking to eat lunch, and I was smoking before dinner, and then I was smoking for bedtime. And so I've really gotten away from that, and I'm really pretty much back to like. If I if we're we we have to go grocery shopping, I'm smoking. Right. Like if we're going to Walmart, I'm smoking. Uh, but mostly it's just like at nighttime. But like I remember very 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 early on in my consumption, edibles were like okay. Very specifically, remember a day with my sister where we took edibles and then went to my place of business. <laughs> it was not a good idea. I had to sneak her out the back. <laughs> but Now, like, and I don't know if it is the advancement in my disease or whatever, but I don't metabolize it. Like same as you, like my, my friend had like 120 milligram, like chocolate squares. Like I could eat, I could literally eat the entire candy bar and nothing would happen to me. And now like smoking helps. It helps my body physically, like with my pain and it does help with nausea and my appetite. And in some aspect it does help me with sleep as well, but I don't get head high anymore. Like I don't ever get the giggles,
0: I don't get
1: anything.
0: See, and that's what that's that's a very good point to bring up. I don't think people realize there is a difference between just recreationally smoking and functionality smoking. Because yeah. at this point, no matter how much, how little, how whatever that I smoke, it is just a part of my daily medication at this point. And it helps yep. me function. And literally all of the things that you just listed. Yep. You can check them for me, but to add to it, I always say this and it always gets a giggle. It helps my brain wires connect. It helps me hmm. slow down. Not because yeah. I'm not getting so high. I'm not. It helps me slow down my thinking of that ADHD part of my brain to a point that I can form a sentence mm-hmm. because why I will, I'll get so wound up after you've seen me and I'll and I'll get tripped up and literally forget what I was saying. Like, and you've, you've talked to me while I'm, but you have seen the difference and just calmness and I support it. I support it for anybody that wants to, you know, especially in your medical journey in your anxiety, this might be controversial for some people, but I'm kind of iffy in the, depre- the, the depression department.
1: Yeah, it, it can definitely, it can make the symptoms worse. I've been in that space as well.
0: And, I'm, yeah. and I said that because same it, yeah. it made it so much worse for me. It made the wanting to sleep me sleeping for hours. It made the, you know, suicidal ideations, it made them worse. It made them more vivid. Um, You have to take care of you. And that's with everything in this life. You know, this, this isn't an episode to bash people that enjoy a glass of wine by no means. I just wish that we were more socially accepted with this. Because I have more control over myself by smoking than I do having a glass of wine. Because would you like to know what would happen the second that me and you sat down and had a glass of wine? Girl, chaos. My entire face into my chest is going to be blood red and blotchy. Same. Second phase is going to be my eyes. It'll it'll look like I'm higher than a kite because my eyes will be barely open because I lose functionality of my face. And then the third phase is going to be, I'm going to black out and I will not have any recollection, but if we sat down and smoked, I would remember every single thing about our night. We would have a great time. It would be, I'd be relaxed and doing whatever. This ain't a hate. This is just I wish it was more socially accepted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's so interesting to. I'm very lucky that I live in Vermont, because it is recreationally legal now. But like, it's still awkward sometimes when I'm like, out in public, because I got to smoke outside wherever I am, you know what I mean? Like, that that means the public street, and like, people are walking by, like, they know what I'm doing. But like, part of me, I'm just like, I don't care. Like, (laughs) like, go, like, what are you gonna, like, how is it? how's it bothering you it's like no different than walking by a restaurant and seeing people do shots you know so like I'm very fortunate but like you where you are like I'm sure you deal with that a lot like oh because I don't face that as much well and and just like the cultural difference between the north and the south like especially Vermont like New Hampshire, that's a little different. Like, Massachusetts is, like, you know, like, people might feel a little differently. Like, Vermont's very chill, obviously. Like, most people, I think, know that. But, yeah, definitely down there. I could see that being more of an issue. But doesn't, like, I don't know. It, like, doesn't, I just don't understand. I don't understand the people who have the mindset of lumping weed in with hard drugs
2: you know <laughs> when I've gotten more into my adult life
0: number one whoever came up with the D.A.R.E. program y'all were literally <laughs> daring me y'all were literally daring me every assembly okay second of all whoever came with the D.A.R.E. program weed is not a gateway drug I am so sorry because
2: Mm -mm. the
0: people and I'm not speaking because I don't have any personal experience for that but the personal experience that I do have is watching very close people to me make those transitions
2: and make those gateway drugs and let me tell you what weed ain't been one of them yeah for all of my instances all except one let me guess. We're needles.
0: Were needles. And the other one was a pill, <laughs> pain pills.
2: Yep. I didn't see weed anywhere on that list. Because yeah. honestly, yeah. if those same people had been smoking weed, maybe they would have chilled out, dealt with the shit. <laughs> and then exactly.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's so different. You know, it's really not. I don't know. I, I wonder too, like, obviously I can't, I can't have this perspective of an outside view because I've, I've been partaking for so long. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not new to it. Like, what do people who don't smoke think it's like?
2: Like, when how do they did, see it any different? Like, like when I
0: would before, it was a very judgmental place like because I was very much in that church mindset the oh you're gonna go to hell blah 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 right mm-hmm. because of that training and you know shaping of my mind oh I was a hardcore judger oh y'all are awful human beings y'all are fucking devil's lettuce you know little
2: degenerates <laughs> yeah ain't ain't none of that true Hell, if anything, I felt guilty yeah. the first
0: time I smoked because I remembered all that shit that I had said and all them judgments and all that. And I was like, oh, I'm a hypocrite.
1: Yeah, no, I went through that too, and it was it was at a point of like, because I remember someone saying something to me when they found out later on that I smoked, and it was like, it wasn't that I was against it; it's that I wasn't interested in doing it. And that got turned kind of into that I was like goody two shoes. And I was just like, nah, I'm just like, for yeah. me, it was all like, it was always very difficult to, I would not partake with, with people that I don't really know that well, you know? Right. And like, I mean, I definitely have one time I got pneumonia sharing a joint with strangers at a festival, but <laughs> the, you know, there was some trauma there. But, like, other than that, like, I very, very, very oh, man, girl, that was a story. Like, I was young too. Like, some girl, like, brought me to her tent because I was just, like, face down in my own vomit on a hill. Like, thankfully, she, like, I knew someone there, and I, like, muttered their name. And they're like, I know where her tent is. I'm bringing you to her. But, like, geez, that's what alcohol do to you. But, yeah, the joint gave me pneumonia. Yeah. <laughs>
2: For clarification, the weed did not give her pneumonia. Was she was a emotions. person. <laughs> had the gave her pneumonia.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, now I'm just like stuck on funniest stories. Where's like the funniest place or like
2: coolest place you've ever spent? <laughs> I was bound and determined to live
0: my dream. And I can say this because I don't work for this company anymore and uh, <laughs> I have no intentions of working for them anymore, but I got real floaty back when I could still get floaty. And I used one of my off days to go into Disney. Nice. And that was the best park childhood experience that I could have ever had. I still dream about that day sometimes because I, I was, when I say I was floaty, it was me and some friends and this was still back when I really kind of just first started. And I could still get a head high yeah. and all, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. And, like, and like, it was, everything was funny. Everything
0: was like slow and we were happy. <laughs> God, I missed The those coolest days. roller coaster ride I had ever been on. Like, that was the best. Mickey even talked to me at one point.
1: Oh, I bet he did. Good.
0: good. I lived my childhood dream. You hear me? That was a good day.
1: And to be fair, you were not working at the time. It was just at your place. No.
0: No, it was not. It was a day off. I just happened to be employed at that time. But I have no intentions of going back to their company. So
1: here you go. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I would say for me, and I don't know if it's just like because the the whole experience and like, it's just like very funny to me. I went to um, Salt Key and Turks and Caicos with my best friend before she passed away And so, like, that's a very tiny island. There's, like, 50 residents on that island. So, first of all, I have no idea where it came from. But we also obviously didn't have anything to smoke out of. And there, like, there was no possibility of buying papers. Like, we didn't have a single store on the island. So, thankfully, we had apples. (laughs) So, we smoked this very weird mashed-up looking weed on, on the island out of an apple. And that was probably my, like... This like burnt-in-my-mind memory of a cool experience.
2: I
0: kind of want to trade. You want <laughs> <So laughs> to trade?
1: We're just going to have to go and recreate it. Because oh, wow. it was pretty
2: wild. <sighs> well,
0: before we do our closing and what we hope everybody learns, Yeah, what is one of the, the coolest or out there fact that you would like to tag on to today's episode fact, fact? just something about weed just something about whether how it helps you whether how okay. it's affected somebody around you like just I was something. like girl I'm not an encyclopedia I get, you to
2: get the <laughs> science facts now we ain't building science guys <laughs> I have not um
1: Honestly, for me, like, I think it's, it allows me to remove some of the over, over sensory overload that, that I get and allows me to actually partake in life. So, like, I just think it's just, like, it's wonderful.
0: Very much agree with that, that it's helped me kind of manage, not control. My my overload as well. Um, I will say that for me, it would be no matter what you do in this life, there's going to be a stereotype around something. And no matter who you are, there's going to be a stereotype around you. Whereas it comes to the devil's lettuce. Just like anything else in this life, it's about balance Mm
2: -hmm. and how
0: it balances in your life. So if it's something you're interested in, if it's something you want to learn about balance. It's
1: balancing. Yep. And before we get to the end part, we should have done this at the beginning, but look at our shirt. These are, this is one of the designs that we both have from Jane from our last episode. So check this out. You'll be seeing more.
0: Got to shout that out there.
1: I was so excited when,
0: um, I got his little thing. I'm gonna try to cover up all this other stuff. But he wrote me a little note. I know. It's so cute. Ah, we love James and his shirts, and I still need a depressing messy. Yeah.
1: He I'm oh I have a feeling we'll be getting that one. Don't you worry. <laughs> all right. With that, Jeannie, what do you hope that everyone takes away from today?
2: If anything, if anything, try to be less judgmental
0: of those in your life and how they try to manage their pain how they try to manage their emotions how they try to manage themselves
2: if anything that you take away from today's episode try to have grace Mm -hmm. just try to have grace If anything understanding ask questions learn
0: because the first time I get a side look from you I'm done I'm done. No, if I ain't explaining this so you can think, you can think I'm a hoodlum all you want. I just, Lord knows I've done it enough to other people. You can Mm -hmm. think I'm a hoodlum and I'll go on about my day.
1: Yeah, I don't even, I don't even need one, man. That's it. Like, don't, don't judge how people try to manage their lives. Cause like we all, whether it's weed, booze, you know, any of the other things that I don't want to get flagged for saying, like we are all doing it that's just like part of the human experience just be careful and and you know know
2: your limits yeah. all right we'll catch you guys next week bye